Hey everybody, it's Michael Douglas, and welcome to Music Makes Me High. And you know, yeah, I got something to talk about. I'm Michael Douglas, and welcome to this edition, the penultimate show of the first season of Music Makes Me High, the podcast, a Dr. Punda podcast. And in this podcast, we'll be talking about the classic 1987 album by Fleetwood Mac, Tango in the Night. And if I had to kind of rank their three albums from the 1980s, this one would be right in the middle between Mirage, which I consider their their best work in that period, uh, and then Tusk at number three, um, because, uh, you know, that was more along the lines of an experimental vein. But 1987's Tango of the Night was the kind of the perfect marriage between uh, pop uh, you know, an experimental aesthetic with the band. And um, it also was was well known for another fact. This was the very final album to feature the band in its original incarnation. At that time, they had been a band for 20 years, forming in 1967. Let's get things started off with the first track from the album, The number five smash, Big Love, a track that was sung mostly by Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks. Let's get into it. Tango in the Night, released in April of 87. This edition of Music Makes Me High, the podcast. Enjoy. And that you always will Oh, yeah 
Tango in the Night was released in April of 1987, and I remember being really excited. Uh, of course, it was the first album in five years from the band, and we really didn't know what to expect in terms of how they could mature with the changing music scene of the 1980s. Of course, in the early 1980s, the so-called Yacht Rock era, I suppose, pop was on a different sort of... Um, basic landscape. You had uh, lush sounds. Um, you had uh, some deaf keyboard work that uh, that kind of uh, surrounded lyrics in a very uh, cushiony and soft kind of way. As the 80s progressed in the pop sensibilities, sounds became much more distinct, uh, sharper, um, uh, much more beat driven and this may explain why uh most of the singles from that album had 12 inch versions i mean can you imagine fleetwood mac even embracing that that concept and while they're they're not bad and, and these were the, the versions of big love seven wonders which we'll hear next uh little lies and everywhere they weren't really they really didn't add to in my point of view interest in the overall album I, I think they they muddy the waters uh, at best and at worst really um, kind of uh, uh, decreased the original intent of the melodies of the songs they were designed to to uh, to remix and um, uh, reimagine but you know that's okay as I mentioned before, the album yielded four top 20 hits in the U.S., the number five hit, Big Love, the number four hit, Little Lies, the number 14 song, Everywhere, and the number 19 song, sung by Nix, Seven Wonders. So let's get further into the album. Um, we'll hear Seven Wonders coming up right, uh, right after I speak here. And then after that, we'll hear an Entertainment Tonight interview done by Nina Blackwood right after the album's release in 1987. And then we'll get right back into the third track, Everywhere. So uh, let's get into it right here on Music Makes Me High, the podcast, Fleetwood Mac's Tango in the Night.
The Mac has probably survived more personnel changes than any band in rock. Nina Blackwood spoke to the current incarnation, well, almost all of them, about their latest project. The reason I first joined Fleetwood Mac was because I thought this was, this is big time rock and roll. And I wanted to be in a big time rock and roll band. Dad, and we needed the money. And we needed the money. In the late 70s, Fleetwood Mac was the premier American rock group. This is the 20th anniversary of Fleetwood Mac. Does that surprise you? When people say that to us, I think we're surprised. I think yes. when, like I say, it just seems pretty natural and we're family and we don't see any radical change on the horizon or anything. It, it, it's, uh, we're, we're very much a part of each other's lives, you know. We're, we're very much linked to, together by this entity called Fleetwood Mac. Five members have contributed to their distinctive recording styles that range from the traditional to the outright experimental. There's never really been uh, just one spokesman for Fleetwood Mac. You all have five very different personalities. Who do you feel is the bonding member? Probably this guy here, Mick. <laughs> Who's obviously not here. Uh, Mick, he's very... He has a way with... I don't know. He has a calming sort of influence, I think. A rash, He's very rational, believe it or not. It, it was Mick's instigation that brought Stevie and me into the group to begin with. Uh, he, Stevie and I were in the back room out at Sound City, which is a studio out in San Fernando Valley, and he uh, heard a song from the solo record we'd done and, and very intuitively asked us to join without any audition or anything and he's always been a master of intuition and, and overseeing and I wish he were here today but he's not. <clears throat> Five years ago their album Mirage seemed to spell the end of the group and the start of solo careers most notably for Stevie Nicks. I did it because I needed another outlet. I have way too much material to be in a band with five people, three of which ride, and, uh, and every couple of years be able to give two or three songs. It's not enough for me. But now, Fleetwood Mac is back in grand style with her new album, Tango in the Night, Climbing the Charts. I know in my heart that there's never going to be another situation like Fleetwood Mac. And to try to find another situation would be like looking for love, and you don't find it. And for that <coughs> kind of, again, big-time energy that is a different thing than Stevie Nicks or Lindsey Buckingham or Christina Fee or the rest of the band, it's just different. And it's, a, it's something that I think is very precious.
Track number four from the album that was Caroline. Before that, we heard the top 20 hit everywhere. I'm Michael Douglas. You're listening to Tango in the Night on this edition, the penultimate edition of the first season of the Music Makes Me High podcast. The album Tango in the Night was easily Fleetwood Mac's biggest selling album since Rumors, the one that put them on the map as a an extremely commercial yet viable rock band uh, 10 years earlier. Um, and, you know, I think that uh, it's a great album, despite its initial mixed reviews. There were a lot of tensions in the band. Uh, Stevie Nicks was still overcoming her cocaine addiction. There were issues surrounding uh, her relationship with 
with Lindsey Buckingham and with his relationship with the band. And so in many ways, the album is, is represents somewhat of a swan song uh, for that incarnation of the band. Uh, and I'm glad that it turned out uh, to be such a, such a big seller and that over the years, critics have, have warmed up to it. Uh, I think that uh, in spite of the fact that it, uh, it was a top 20 uh, album in this country and that it eventually sold 15 million copies worldwide, that its sounds uh, are still grounded um, in that melodic, atmospheric uh, kind of trait that we saw in the late 1970s. Uh, with Fleetwood Mac prior to 1980's experimental Tusk album, and I think that really pervades the entire album. Some people say this album sounds dated. I, I disagree. I think that uh, as co-producer on this album, Lindsey Buckingham put a put an indelible stamp on it, and it is extremely listenable. Uh, you know, 34 years later today than it was when I first bought it on CD back in the late summer, early fall of 1987. So let's get back into it, this time with the tracks 5 and 6, Tango in the Night, the title cut, followed by Mystified, my favorite track on the album, sung by Christine McVie. Tango in the Night, right here on Music Makes Me High, the podcast. I'm Michael Douglas.
Christine McVie continues singing on the albums between tracks number six and seven. Track seven being, of course, the biggest hit from the album, Little Lies, a track that hit at number four on the Billboard Hot 100 and stayed at number one for four weeks on the adult contemporary chart that year. When this song was released is when I bought the CD, so late summer, early fall of 1987, August to be exact, and uh, it that was really a time that uh, I was hoping that Fleetwood Mac would continue to, to put out uh, great music. That is, put out music in that incarnation at that time. But I knew that that fate uh, wasn't uh, in the plans because shortly after they had released uh, this album, um, the last album of that incarnation and the last album to feature a top 10 pop hit from the band, they put out a their first Greatest Hits album, 
um, in the post-Peter Green era of the band. Uh, and that actually, you know, went on to sell very well as, as well. So um, when the song Little Eyes was, was out, kind of mixed feelings, uh, a good track. It, represent when I, it represented when I bought the CD, uh, but it also uh, was pretty much the ultimate swan song for the album in terms of a song's popularity. Um, that's their most, the, their most recent top 10 hit. So uh, there you go. After we listen to Little Lies, we're going to hear essentially nothing but album tracks. The first of the five final album tracks of the the LP, a track called Family Man. Um, And we'll see you on the other side of that track. I'm Michael Douglas. You're listening to Music Makes Me High, the podcast. We're featuring Fleetwood Mac's 1987 classic Tango in the Night.
Family Man from the LP Tango of the Night by Fleetwood Mac. And I did misspeak before this song uh, was played. Uh, it was released as a single, um, having uh, pretty much peaked in the lowest rung of the Hot 100 uh, in early 1988. Before that, we heard their top five smash, of course, Little Lies. I'm Michael Douglas. You're listening to Music Makes Me High, the podcast. And now to the ninth track, Welcome to the Room, Sarah. Of course, people know what the references are there. The uh, name Sarah references the 1979 top 10 hit from the LP Tusk, Sarah. And um, the, ta- the, the song talks about and reflects on Stevie Nicks' battle with alcohol at this time when she was at the Betty Ford Clinic. Again, it's not one of the best standouts on the album in terms of her voice. I think that comes toward the end when we hear the track, When I See You Again which talks about when she was rejoining the band after those turbulent times. Right now, uh, track number nine, Welcome to the Room, Sarah. And then we'll hear Isn't It Midnight, the song that really no one remembers being remembers being a single, but it was the final release from that album. Um, the album, of course, being Tango in the Night from 1987. Here's Fleetwood Mac.
track number 10 on the album, Tango in the Night by Fleetwood Mac, sung by Christine McVie, Isn't It Midnight? Uh, considered an album track in this country, it was released as a single elsewhere, and it did make the mainstream rock tracks, uh, peaking at number 14 uh, on that uh, chart, which uh, songs didn't have to be released as a single in this country to make at that time. And that pretty much did it by mid-1988. Uh, the album had been out for about 13 months at that time. And this closes out what I think is a very good Fleetwood Mac album. Again, I think right uh, in the middle, it's sandwiched uh, within their 1980s output between Tusk at number three and Mirage at number one, an album that I probably will, will, will review uh, at a later date on this podcast. But, you know, a lot of adjectives go into describing this album. Uh, atmospheric. Uh, haunting, collaborative, in terms that, uh, you know, you had uh, Christine McVie, uh, you had uh, Lindsey Buckingham, and you had Stevie Nicks really kind of uh, sharing duties on a lot of the vocals with mixed results. And I think that's what got critics' ires uh, up uh, in the first place. And um, basically what I take from that is is that uh, it's a very solid album. There are some down aspects in terms of uh, each of their performances, which I think uh, actually Christine McVie was pretty much consistent across the board with her contributions. Tracks uh, like Caroline, which you heard earlier, Lindsey Buckingham sounded a little really kind of screechy with that. And Welcome to the Room Sarah was just probably a, just really a pathetic sounding um, song sung by Stevie Nicks. Of course, I think when we hear uh, track number 11 uh, uh, toward the end of this podcast, next coming up, uh, actually, she does redeem herself. Um, I think DeGram really helps out with a good guitar solo toward the song's climax. But, uh, you know, this album really means a lot more than being their last album in that group's incarnation and being a very successful album. To me, it, it kind of puts a bow on that era of Fleetwood Mac, uh, and it does it without being uh, overly sentimental. It does it by going out in a very strong fashion, and, I, and I'm really grateful for that, and it's another reason I still hear it today as I did more than 30 years ago. And I hope that if you know, you hear this podcast, you'll get a better appreciation of the album as well. I'm Michael Douglas. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Music Makes Me High podcast. We'll end out with When I See You Again, track number 11, and the final track on the album, You and I, part two, before we wrap things up. Thanks again for listening to this penultimate edition of the podcast. Coming up, the final edition of the podcast for season one. I hope you'll download it as well. Get the podcast wherever you get your uh, podcast downloads. Thanks for listening. Music Makes Me High, the podcast, a Dr. Pundit podcast. I'm Michael Douglas. Thanks again. When I see you
What's the matter, baby? What's the matter, baby? What's the matter, baby? So she walks slowly down the hall There are many doors in the hallway And she stares at the stairs There are many things to stare at these days If she sees him We're your very best friend We're your very best friend Who have been replaced by some other What's the matter, baby? 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 Baby, and the dream says I want you, and the dream is gone. So she stays up nights on the air. Oh,
thanks so much for tuning in. And don't forget to subscribe to Music Makes Me High on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you download your favorite podcast so you don't miss the next episode. And until then, keep the music playing. And don't forget to think about what you're listening to.